Hi, everyone. And after a quick divisional round hiatus, I'm back for the conference championship game predictions. I'm Ben, your host of the Let's Talk Sports podcast, and today I'll be sharing everyone what you need to know ahead of the two highly anticipated matchups this upcoming Sunday. The NFC side of the Super Bowl will be decided between the Niners and the Detroit Lions. A tale of two teams who likely have the same goal this season, but different expectations internally, these two square off in Santa Clara with major implications for each side. Neither team has won a championship in the 21st century. With the Niners coming in as favorites to win in this one, the Lions' highly successful season doesn't count them out either. On the AFC side of things, the one-seeded Baltimore Ravens will face off against the Kansas City Chiefs, who, like many of you might know, haven't missed this game since Patrick Mahomes took over as a full-time starting QB. What is shaping up to be a highly exciting game and weekend as a whole, we need to do some deep digging to find some answers as to who will be making the trip to Vegas and who will be making the trip to Mexico when this weekend is over. We'll start in the NFC, where the one-seed San Francisco 49ers are taking on the three-seed Detroit Lions in what is shaping up to be a really exciting game. Early in the season, heck, even most of the regular season finished, many didn't believe that this Lions team would still be in the running come late January. We'll start this analysis with the visitors, the Lions. A team that lost two non-divisional games all season to the Seahawks and the Ravens, the Lions are a rare example of a team that hasn't lost momentum all season, without any true losing streak or example of a lucky few wins. I chose not to include the loss to the Cowboys for the Lions because truthfully, truth be told, I think we all know the Lions should have won. We briefly touched on this Lion team in the wildcard round, and I hate to say it, but I did predict them to lose. Well, they've proved me wrong, and then some at this point. The Lions are here because of many different contributors, but I'd be wrong to start with anyone not named Jared Goff. The California product, Marin Catholic grad from Northern California, is making his return home to the Bay in one of the largest games in his career. With a slight edge over Brock Purdy in playoff experience, Goff is playing the best playoff ball of his career. In his two playoff games this season, he hasn't thrown an interception and has compiled that with completion percentage well into the 70s. Goff finished the regular season with a 30-12 to touchdown-to-interception ratio, is taking care of the ball, has always been a staple of Goff's game. Goff was blitzed on over half of his dropbacks against the Bucks, but averaged a 2.5 second time to throw, and as a result, was only pressured five times against the Blitz. This season, Goff was second in the NFL in touchdowns on in-breaking routes with 18. Goff's production is due in part to the Lions' highly successful running game, led by former Bear David Montgomery, who works as a bruising short-distance back with explosiveness, and their rookie ninth overall draft selection from Alabama, Jameer Gibbs. Against the Bucks, Gibbs was the more successful back of the two, finishing with 74 yards and a score on nine carries, and averaged 6.1 yards after contact, which was a season high for him. Montgomery was a 1,000-yard rusher, and his production will be needed for the Lions to have success on early downs. In his age 24 season, wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown, also from California, has shown the league he is a perennial pro bowler and a top 10 receiver in the league after taking his already good game to another level this year. St. Brown made the all-pro roster this season and compiled over 1,500 yards during the regular season. Also, Amon Ross seed 23 targets go his way in the playoffs already, and truth be told, it doesn't fully matter who lines up against him. The Lions' potent rushing attack sets up St. Brown for many receptions in this one. Other than Amonra, rookie tight end from none other than tight end university, Iowa, Sam Laporta is showing how fruitful having a good tight end is, even in this generation of the NFL. Laporta made the Pro Bowl behind 889 yards and 10 touchdowns. 
Laporta struggled down the stretch and into the wildcard round, but put his struggles behind him as he operated as a safety valve for Goff in the divisional round, racking up 11 targets and was efficient, hauling in 9 of them. Josh Reynolds is the third option for Goff, with over 400 yards this season. But don't forget about Jameson Williams, who serves as a deep threat and has been minimized in the postseason up to this point, but the Niners' secondary is susceptible to the deep ball, and Williams possesses true 4-2 speed. Defensively, the Lions are led by a second-year edge, the hometown guy, University of Michigan graduate Aiden Hutchinson. He is on fire, with at least one sack in four straight games, totaling seven sacks in the span. He finished the divisional round win with a team-high six pressures, which was his league-leading 16th game with five or more pressures in a game. Next closest to his 16 is Nick Bosa, lining up opposite him on the Niners' defensive line with 12. His presence and matchup with Trent Williams will probably be mentioned by the announcers on the Niners' first offensive snap, or soon after. The Lions welcomed back safety C.J. Gardner-Johnson last week, and he had an interception in his first game back. Most of the guys I've named it to this point are rookies or young players, and that trend doesn't stop here, as rookie safety Brian Branch has really stepped up lately as a run support guy. He finished the divisional round with nine tackles, eight of them solo, and Branch also had a sack and two tackles for loss. Linebacker Alex Anzalone has also stepped up his game, but will be tested in coverage should he be asked to guard George Kittle in zone assignments. That's the gist of it for the Lions. Now, let's switch the focus over to the host, the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers really haven't had much of a problem with many teams this season, as they've looked like the most dominant team for the majority of the season. That being said, they were definitely tested last week in a narrow victory over the Green Bay Packers, which saw them squeak it out by three. The Niners are led by second-year starter Brock Purdy out of Iowa State. Purdy's accomplishments as a starter haven't been accomplished by many, let alone a non-first-round pick, and then we get into the Mr. Irrelevant stuff. Purdy's been to two conference championships in his two seasons and was just recently announced as a finalist in the Most Valuable Player Award. Regardless of whether he wins, the nomination is an enormous accomplishment. Purdy finished the season with 4,280 passing yards, among the league's top five in the category, and had 32 touchdown passes, compared with just 11 interceptions. Purdy had 252 yards and a touchdown in the win over the Packers, but in many passes, had the conditions not been so suboptimal, likely would have been intercepted. Out of his downfield passes, he had 13 of them completed on in-breaking routes, which totaled 174 yards in his touchdown pass. He's had 10 games this season with over 50% of his passing attempts on those in-breakers, and no other quarterback has more than three. It's a staple of the Niner offense, and I'd expect them to attack inside the numbers this game. Out of the five MVP candidates this season, the Niners are the only team with multiple. The other, the only non-QB, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey finished the regular season with 272 carries, 1,459 yards, and 14 touchdowns, but he also has been a receiving threat his entire career, racking up 67 catches for over 500 yards and 7 more touchdowns. Through the air, it was mainly the Brandon Ayuk show, and this will really be a game that will test his ability. Even though Debo Samuel was announced to be active, Ayuk is still the number one guy. He finished with over 100 targets, 1,342 yards, and 7 touchdowns. George Kittle is also a guy that can really win this game for the 49ers, as he, he really is a boom-bust type tight end, but with 1,020 yards this season and six touchdowns, Kittle can be a red zone threat, but he really is just such a great run-after-catch tight end, like he's been his whole year, whole career, and um, he's also an incredible pass catcher, so his impact will definitely be monitored. And here's a stat to know for the 49ers. The 49ers have been the toughest team to tackle in the NFL this season, as they led the league in yards after contact, averaging just under 100 per game. 
However, the Lions' defense actually allows the least yards after contact for the game in the NFL this season. They're a good tackling team. So it will be an interesting contrast to monitor in this one. And while preparing for this episode, the Niners did announce that Debo Samuel would be able to play, which is huge for them. With Debo on the field, the Niners' average yards per play increased by 1.4, and their success rate of plays goes up by 8% too. Regardless of how much he touches the ball, he's a big play threat whenever he does touch the ball. Defensively for the 49ers, you can't really go too far without mentioning the league's best linebacker duo, and I mean it, the very best. Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw totaled up 252 tackles as a combo, with also having 11 tackles for loss. Fred Warner was named to the Pro Bowl and the All-Pro team, but Drake Greenlaw would honestly be one of the best defensive players on any other team other than the Niners. Additionally, also Pro Bowl nominees for the defense include Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave, and ex-Eagle, and Charvarius Ward, their best cover guy. Nick Bosa totaled 35 QB hits, 16 TFLs, and 10.5 sacks. His ability as a pass rusher, but also a run stopper, makes him one of the best defensive linemen in the game. Javon Hargrave used to play in Philly last season, but he made the move over to the San Francisco 49ers this year on a four-year contract. He totaled 14 QB hits, had seven sacks, and had eight TFLs. And he's an interior guy in his age 30 season. It really shows how he's really just had a second half of his career revival almost after leaving the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's pretty much the gist of it for the 49ers defense. But you also have to include that Traverius Ward did have five interceptions this season. They also have Diamador Lenore in the secondary. And I do believe Talanoa Hufango will be inactive in this one. Um, but they will, they will get back Eric Armstead in this one. Trey Greenlaw's a full participant. And Debo, obviously, he'll be back. And Trent Williams is healthy for this one. So all those are huge for the Niners. And now my prediction for the game and the X factors of the game. Like I just mentioned a little bit ago, my X factor for the Niners is going to be Charvarius Ward and the rest of that secondary included, but Ward predominantly. The Lions rely on a powerful ground attack to set up their passing game. And that play action stuff we see from them, and it's kind of what we saw from the Rams team, which had Jared Goff as a quarterback, and even now with Matt Stafford. It's this run, run, up the middle, outside run just to set up that play action pass, and that's where the Lions get their money. Without a strong air attack in this one, to keep pace with the high scoring offense of the Niners, will make this upset even more difficult for the Lions. You know, the Lions are trying to get the ground game going because without a ground game, the play-action game really gets nullified. I mentioned Ward's name because as the Niners' top cover guy, he'll be lined up with Amon Ra, who averaged near 100 receiving yards a game this season. For the Lions, my X-Factor is Andon Hutchinson. With the ability to wreck a game plan from the Niners' offense, Hutchinson has a rare ability of speed and strength that we see in other pass rushers like Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa, or maybe even Miles Garrett. Being a part of a group with those names in his second season is a testament to his raw ability. Nevertheless, he may line up against Trent Williams, but when the Lions call in stunt game or get him on the other side of the line, even against Trent Williams, look out for Hutchinson to be in the backfield often. And finally, my prediction. I predict that the Lions will keep pace with the Niners this entire game. And in fact, I do think the game will come down to the final play. That's my prediction. Whether that's a game-winning field goal kick, I don't know. But I do know that the last play will have implications to this one, rather than just being a kneel down. I predict the Niners squeak this one out, head back to the Super Bowl, by a final score of 27-24. In fact, I predict that the Niners will rematch with the Chiefs in this one, as the Chiefs will upset the Ravens on the road. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. I hope my predictions come true in this one. It's going to be a really exciting Niner-Lions game, and no one really predicted the Lions would be in this one, and that makes it even more exciting. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Sports podcast, and I look forward to doing the Super Bowl Sunday special in two weeks. Thanks for listening.